Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded at the PW offices in New York City, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the Graphic Novels Review Editor for Publishers Weekly and the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. Check us out on Twitter at at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. Okay, this week on More to Come, DC Reborn at Rebirth, Rebirth. Well, it's Rebirth, but I said Reborn. Deadpool uh, hits the screen, and Toy Fair and Superhero Girls... And I'll have a few words to say about visiting Havana, Cuba. So, DC Rebirth at well, Comics Pro. Well, you know, literally, as we're recording this here on Thursday, literally as we're doing this, DC Comics is doing their presentation, their big presentation at uh, this year's Comics Pro, uh, which is a meeting of retailers and publishers in Portland, Oregon. And um, so this is literally breaking as we're doing this. So, <laughs> so they did, you know, we've been teasing, you know, what will DC do? What will DC do? And what they're going to do is uh, relaunch all their books with number ones, except for Batman and uh, Superman. No, excuse me. Action and uh, this is breaking news, folks. I'm having you know so, try to get so get some action and detective. Action and detective comics, which which will renumber begin again with 957 and 934. So they're taking the new 52 numbers of issues and adding it to the action to the numbering, and uh, we'll pick up with those. But all the rest will go back to number ones, and everything will kick off with a uh, let's see what are we called here uh, DC. Um, DC Universe Rebirth <laughs> on 80 page giant <laughs> makes sense written to me. by Jeff Johns uh, and the rest of the now several books are going to be bi-monthly just as previously uh, rumored and those books are it's a long list Aquaman Batman The Flash Green Arrow Green Lantern Superman <laughs> Wonder Woman Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps Justice League Nightwing Cyborg Death Jar Carly Quinn Justice League America and Suicide Squad uh, now details on all of the creative teams will be announced uh, at WonderCon in about a month uh, I will be there so I will be there for all the excitement and um, also this is something we did not cover in our pre-meeting mm-hmm. uh, but the DCU books uh, I'm, I'm getting this report from comicbook.com by the way DCU books will return to a $2.99 price point across the line as oh, well after their hold the line at $2.99 tagline was abandoned as some books rose to $3.99 over the last few years retailers however are, are skeptical about the price point change uh, but anyway this is in a nutshell I mean there could so be is more there any check word? my twitter feed as we go on here Okay, so is there any word on what this I actually mean for the books, aside from, oh, I don't know, changing the numbers on the covers? Well, it's a rebirth, Kate. I mean, <laughs> yes, what are you... Yes, but, but, but the question is, what kind of rebirth? Is it one of those, everything will change, or everything will go back the way it was? Hmm. Or is it just like, we're, well, basically what Marvel did a couple months ago, where they're like, hey, we're changing the numbers, and everyone was like, cool, who cares? And also, isn't, what about, uh, what other rumors about that they're going to be a more media-centric line, more focused on, I guess, the storylines that are going on in TV? Uh, I don't know. Like, this is <laughs> breaking, like I said. He announced the one-shot general details of Comics Pro. The event's story starts the line, I love this world, but there's something missing. So, uh, I, I'm checking in my Twitter feed, 
uh, as we go. But, you know, it sounds to me uh, mm. like they said it wasn't a reboot. Uh, that was tweeted by Dan Dio and Jim Lee <laughs> that it wasn't a reboot, really. Rebirth is not a reboot. It's a relaunch. <laughs> it's not a reboot. It's a, a relaunch. Hey, no, there's a difference yes, between a reboot is, and a relaunch. Believe me, difference. I was schooled in that yeah, we many did. months ago, yeah, many years ago. Yeah, we had a very contentious, one of the most contentious podcast yeah. more to comes ever yes. where we, <laughs> um, where we uh, squabbled about that. But, um, yeah, anyway, I mean, what would you prefer to see, Kate? I... Uh, uh, a full-on rebirth or a full-on relaunch gotcha. or a full-on... Well, I mean, I would... Reboot. <laughs> I would say that, like, there's a lot of space between a reboot and a we just changed the numbers on the cover. Yes. You know? <laughs> um, I would agree. Like, I would hope that if they're going to make all this brouhaha that, like, something interesting might happen of some kind. I don't necessarily want every single thing we've gotten used to to get thrown in the garbage can whether it's working or not um we'll see mm-hmm. but yeah. I, i'm just hoping it's something interesting i'm like give me something well, interesting i'll tell you uh you know every month i run a um you know sales charts written by david carter the librarian at the mm-hmm. university of michigan mm-hmm. Uh, where he charts the changes each month in the sales, mm. and uh, you know, my my at the beat, man, uh, my managing editor Alex Liu has been editing this column, but he was sick this week, so I did edit it. But uh, so, I, to be honest, I hadn't really been checking DC sales, uh-huh. and I mean, I knew they were bad, but I had no idea how bad they were. Like Vertigo <laughs> titles are selling like five thousand copies, uh-huh, six thousand wow. copies. I mean, even mm. like a bunch of DCU mm. books are selling under twenty thousand copies, and. Uh, hmm. According to according to this month's uh, sales chart, this is the worst month ever. And but in between, um, la- hold on. You know what? Let me let me let me find this exact uh, this exact comparison because he it's the the worst month that DC's had in a long time. But not only that, uh, you know, I can't find the exact. But compared yeah. to like a year ago, that it was a million dollars down in wow. sales. Uh-huh. And you know, a lot of that's because their biggest books didn't ship in January. But you know, you gotta do something. Yeah, you gotta yeah. do something. And here's here's the really funny thing about Comics Pro is uh, they are, as I said, doing as we're talking, recording this their their presentation, and it's four hours long. Then it's followed by a reception and a dinner sponsored by DC Comics. So if you're a retailer and you're not really enamored of DC Comics by the end of this full court romance. Uh, then you know you got some problems. Uh, You're either going to love them or run screaming y- right, through the but, room. Yeah. But 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 just here's the here's the kicker. Like Marvel is doing its presentation tomorrow. Their presentation is 25 minutes long. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel like four hours is too much. <laughs> like, like frankly, even if and you these had a really, might agree with you. Even if you have like a really amazing line, like there's nothing. Literally nothing on this earth you can talk to people for longer than two hours at a time about yeah. that they will not get sick of. Let me ask you this. Has well, anybody I'm, I'm, at DC considered the fact that these, this constant changing, these jumpings around, the, these uprooting of one series and renumberings seemingly every six months to a year, that maybe that's affecting sales? Uh, well, yeah. Does absolutely. anybody absolutely. even know what the... Hey, is going mm-hmm. on? Yeah. Well, I mean, frankly, I'm, I'm looking it, to see if there's any retail. I'm looking on my Twitter feed to see if there's any retailers who are talking about their own feelings. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, going on. Frankly, from all I can tell from the DC books I've been reading, um, it's pretty much business as usual in the DCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that might be the problem because I mean, I'm not saying everything should or needs to be uprooted. No, but there have been. 
better and more interesting storylines, things people have gotten excited about, things where, you know, you bring in a, a big creator or sure. you're like, hey, you know, this something exciting is happening in Gotham. And then, like, two Gotham books, not necessarily crossing over, but both have something happen. I yeah. don't know. Poison Ivy breaks out of jail and takes over the world. Whatever. Um, and this past year has been a bit on the mess side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, boy, it may I'll be a see. rebuilding year. I don't know. Um, I, I enjoyed the comics that I always read from DC. I still like them. They're still good. It's fine. It's certainly not bad. Yeah. But I can see why they might want to do something to jazz it up. But I suggest to them the possibility that simply changing numbers is not enough no, to jazz it, isn't. it up. And then, you know, but you have to signal to retailers somehow. Yes. You know, oh, but you the, know, I mean... Yes. Changing numbers is fine. Yeah. I just hope they're, they've got something behind you, you, it beyond you that. You have to signal to retailers in some way that this is not the same dismal line that's had the same dismal sales that they've had for the oh, past yeah. year. Now, maybe it takes four hours <laughs> I, I, <laughs> of holding their hands, you know, of, of, um, of, of you know, sweet, sweet love. Yes. And, yes. I, I really uh, think. Followed by two hours of cocktails and dinner, yeah. you know, I, and I, a movie. Yeah. This, I, the foreplay here is really okay. quite yeah, extensive. It's, it's I, really I feel intense. like at a certain point people fall asleep. Um, <laughs> well, so I think, like, Maybe two hours of talk followed by two hours of cocktails and dinner might have been a better well, we'll, choice. We'll, we'll see. But what, we'll see. We'll um, see and who knows? Maybe they've got are. some brilliant plan that will be really exciting and we'll enjoy reading. Well, you know, I was talking to some other industry insiders last mm. night. And, uh, you know, DC has a very strong uh, sales team. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have to do something. So, uh, yeah. so you know what? They, 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 this is, you know, WonderCon. Luckily, I'm going to be there. I already booked my hotel room. So Very I will cool. be on the scene. I will be able to report Very on the, the reaction there uh, live and in person. But um, until we see what these teams are, uh, we don't know. And you know what? Before, before uh, this huge presentation, they did announce some exclusives, which were uh, Sam Humphreys, Tom King, Cullen Bunn. No, not Colin Bunn. And, uh, yeah, I should read my own website. But, um, uh, and then one other person, John Timms, who everyone was like, who is John mm-hmm. Timms? Oh, yeah, I, did, uh, I my, did see some, um, yeah. as my, I emerged from my fog of okay, the Caribbean. This is, this so is you, a bad sign. So you're because per- I'm a hardcore comics person, and my response is like, I don't know her. <laughs> like, uh-huh. who? Right. right. Why? Oh yeah, uh, Clayman. That was the other one. Well, Tom oh, King. Nice. Tom King has gotten rave reviews for his work on uh, quite a few titles. So you know that's a pretty strong. Well, maybe setting. he's a your uh, rising star. Yes, yes, yes. He is a but, rising star. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I when is one to add? It to is this, the to this end dialogue. of March. It is the oh. weekend before Mocha. So in other words, we have a long time to wait before we figure out what the heck's going on. We here. have a long time for Bleeding Cool to give us all the details. <laughs> there you go. So, all right. Uh, thank you, Rich. Yeah. Uh, uh, shall we segue yes. to Deadpool? We yes, should. there now, we go. Once again, I've just re- emerged from my uh, pop culture like uh, uh, exclusion tag. So you'll have to talk more. You've seen it. Right. I have seen it. I saw it a couple weeks ago at a screening, and um, I... Uh, I didn't like it as much as most people did. Uh, I was probably the least, uh, but mm-hmm. it was hilarious. And Ryan Reynolds yeah. is great. I just didn't like that the story was so, you know, it was not, let me warn you ahead of time, this is not a fresh superhero story. It is the most trite, 
hackneyed. You can see everything coming, you know, oh, yeah. 10 miles away, superhero story. But it is freshened up by having, you know, breaking the fourth wall and a lot of humor, a lot of ad-libbed humor. T.J. Miller is also hilarious. Uh-huh. Ryan Reynolds gives his all. And, uh, you know, I thought it would do okay. I did not foresee... Uh, that it would already be a full-on cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's already... Did it have big box office? I was... Uh, Calvin, it was yeah. the all-time number one R-rated really was, movie really opening. Well, the, the news didn't get to Cuba. Sorry. Yeah, and, <laughs> and because it had a relatively low budget, as these things go, the profitability was... Astonishing. astonishing. Very yes. good. Well, yes. I guess we'll be seeing more Deadpool right. in the well, future. No, they've already announced a sequel. Yeah. I mean, it's the talk of the town. You really oh. miss quite a bit. Yes. There's already, there's, like Media in the movie, shutdown he announces, he mentions that he's from Regina, uh, Saskatchewan, the town that's named after fun, or the town that rhymes with fun, pardon me. Uh, in in Regina, someone has started a petition to put up a statue of Deadpool. Uh, there's another <laughs> petition. There's a whole bunch of petitions for Deadpool. Like uh, they want him to host Saturday Night Live. Oh, man, um, there you go. It, it's you know it's become okay. and women love it. It got 84 percent Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, wow. Audiences love it. It's 90 percent. And uh, this is the movie for our times. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what I find interesting okay. is I wonder how cookie cutter the plot would have been had they not had to cut all the things they cut because of budget because they're very open because the script had mm-hmm. been out there yeah. people had right. seen it right. they were very open about like hey so because we had to work within our limits which may not have been a bad thing here are all the things we cut right. and it was a really long list they're like well we had to get rid of all these characters because that would have cost money yeah. mm-hmm. and we had to get rid of this plot twist because it had characters in it which would have cost money I see I and see. uh we had him forget his guns because gunfights cost money. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, so I just wonder yeah. if it would have been less obviously boilerplate so. with I don't, more I don't, I don't think of the so. plot twists. Yeah. I don't think so because I think that script was out there too. And I, I, you, know. you, you think that wasn't um, that? Yeah, I think that they were that. trying to hedge their bets by making a movie that felt familiar. Uh, that had all these other elements. Yeah. So. Well, I I'll see. say this. Trapped in Havana, um, waiting for our plane to take off, uh, one of the um, publishers were on the trip down there. Uh, Steve Rosado, uh, who oh. runs... He was not a publisher. Actually, he, he runs... Uh, uh, Book Expo America. He said his wife loved it. <laughs> he, he went to see it, and actually warned. He, they, they took their kid, who I think is twelve. So he said eh, he was uh, apparently that he was a little uncomfortable. He was a little squirmy about some scenes, but mm-hmm. they loved it. Yeah. yeah. So there. Yeah. No, it's 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 a huge huge hit. I mean, it keeps on breaking records. Yeah. So uh, you know, more Deadpool comics, more Deadpool movies, more Deadpool, right. more Regina. I mean. <laughs> It's, 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 and, and I mean, everybody is really, you know, James Gunn, you undoubtedly missed this as well. Yes, I but, missed um, a lot you missed of everything. Stuff. All right. Well, you missed the Deadpool uh, phenomenon, but uh, James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, posted on his Facebook page, you know, he's really become the conscience of the Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> and, okay. And he said that, um, like, someone at Deadline had said something about how you know this movie really proved that you know funny action sold and and, and, and also was saying that it was the first funny action yeah, right. superhero he said it was the first, movie right and james gunn was like, like well, what, what do you think ant-man was what do you think guardians yeah. of the galaxy was and he says this, what do you think 
Iron Man and was. He says, yeah. What do you think Iron Man? He says this is what is wrong with Hollywood. He says they are going to make all they're taking all the wrong things out of it. And what they don't get is that this is an original movie where the filmmakers fought for their own vision, yeah. made it. And you know, the one guy who was, you know, now the story has been revealed. So basically the head of of Fox, you know, they showed him this test footage that they made a mm. few years ago. And he was like, "I don't get it." Dead. Okay, so this test footage sat around, and apparently now it's being revealed that it was the director, Tim Miller, who just happened to uh, let this footage leak, and then uh. the fans saw it, and they went nuts. Yeah. And then a new, uh, the, the guy left Fox, went to Sony, and a new president was like, all right, we'll give you $56 million, and you could make this cheap little movie, and the rest is happy history. Yeah, boy, you know, like, uh, you know, success. Uh, failure is an orphan. Success has a million fathers <laughs> and mothers. Yeah. Uh, that is certainly true of Deadpool. I mean, Rob Liefeld, uh, wasn't that our number one downloaded podcast Oh, of all yeah, times? by the way, yeah. yeah. I, I just checked PodTrack today, and uh, yeah, it, it, he that's our all-time right. high and for downloads. By the, the way, listeners, um, if you haven't listened to it, we have an exclusive nearly hour-long interview with yes. Rob Liefeld on movies, Deadpool, Arthurian Legend, and many, many, many other things in a very Liefeldian yes. interview. Yes, go. he's, right. he's uh, full-on Rob, full-frontal <laughs> Rob Liefeld. Yeah, and, I can, I've um, got to listen to it myself. Yeah. I just got back. More to come. But <laughs> yeah, there'll be more to come on this. And, uh, you know, James Gunn is absolutely right. I mean, this is a movie that fought to get made, to fought to have a tone that was completely different. It And uh, throw this in here as well. This... I mean, I thought, you know, you, you saw Deadpool's sidekick of the comics is Blind Al, who's an older uh, woman with vision impaired. <laughs> and uh, in the film, she's played by Leslie Uggams. And, you know, they have a very really? rough, they have <laughs> a very rough relationship. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking to myself, wow, this movie is, you know, making fun of a, of a disabled African-American senior's sex life. I said, I wonder how that's going to go over. And apparently it's gone over great. <laughs> really? And... <laughs> And I'm like, wow, this movie's, uh, you know, how is it getting by the the outrage, you know? Because it's, it's outrageous. And I was like, you know what? Deadpool's pretty progressive, actually. I mean, he's pansexual. He right. varied a lot of jokes about him being attracted to men, having sex with yeah. men. Uh, you know, there's no punches pulled about that. And, you know, there's a romance in there that's pretty sincere. And... Uh, you know, there's some strong female characters, uh, but you but uh, you know, it's 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 actually not the PC busting film that some might be claiming. Well, but I also think that what people aren't taking into account is context. Like when you have your Superman character do something, right. people figure that you're endorsing what he's saying. If you have Deadpool say some off the wall crazy thing about someone's blindness or age and sex life or whatever, you go. It's Deadpool. Like, the, 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 yeah. you're, you're not necessarily endorsing everything that comes out of Deadpool's mouth because he's a, a rude, profane person who says everything that's on his mind. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Deadpool, a character for our times. <laughs> he definitely is a yeah. character for this time. Of course, one thing that I have heard a few rumblings from fans about is, I loved the movie, but oh God, now the Deadpool cosplayers. Because, yes, uh, that's another because Deadpool cosplayers are a double-edged sword. On <laughs> one hand... So to speak. On one hand, uh, many of them come up with fun and wacky variations on the Deadpool costume based on all different kinds of the wacky things that pop up in the corners of the comic, and that's fun. 
on the and because he wears a mask, anybody can be Deadpool. On the other hand, Deadpool cosplayers sometimes think that this gives them the right to act like Deadpool. And they don't have professional writers. Right? <laughs> and they're real. Yeah. And so many is the person who's had to deal with an obnoxious person who thinks that wearing a Deadpool costume makes them Deadpool. Well, listeners, yeah. listeners, you're not Deadpool. Yeah, don't don't be try dead. this at don't home. Don't be Deadpool. You know, funnily enough, you know, Rob uh, Liefeld, and you know, when you talk to Rob, you can't help but be caught up in his infectious spirit and optimism. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I've always been friendly with Rob. I'm sure that came across in the podcast. Uh, you know, he talks about creating Deadpool. Now, what he did talk about is that Deadpool is a dead-on ripoff of Deathstroke. Like, except for personality. Except for personality. But the costume design is exactly Deathstroke. Deathstroke even had the two swords behind. You know, yeah. so yeah. it's a total yeah. homage. Uh, you know, be that as it may. Uh, Deathstroke's actually on Legends of Tomorrow, right? Or on one of those shows. He's uh, been on well, actually, Deathstroke got was on Arrow for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they yoinked him, and he's not coming back because um, Suicide Squad movie, right? And oh, that's his, right. He's associated. Yeah, with and the his, group. his his yeah. name is uh, Slade Wilson. Slade yes. Wilson, as opposed to Wade Wilson. So, like Deadpool, it's absolutely created as a total ripple. You know, a total parody yeah. of Deathstroke, yeah. who was ma- insanely popular. You know, fifteen, twenty years ago, and or twenty-five years ago, but um. Uh, but now DC has come back with a character called Red Tool. <laughs> and uh, I guess the new issue of Harley Quinn, they team up. So, um, Okay, yeah. well, there you go. Well, you well, know, uh, Liefeld says that the thing that he is most asked for by people is, will there ever be a Deadpool and Harley Quinn team-up comic? Yes. To which his answer was, when DC and Marvel want the money enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah. there you go. Well, they Marvel, both want money, and they want it an awful lot. Marvel so. may never want that money. I, I, that may be only in the fan yeah, dreams. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. maybe that's they the may, case. Yeah, they may never want the money they've enough. They've done cross things before. They have, yeah, but it yeah. was a different time. Yeah. Marvel wasn't owned by Disney. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well... Uh, uh, wish I had more to add. Uh, this is all like kind of a fascinating thing to me, so I'm just sort of watching from the sidelines. But sure. uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Toy Fair. Oh yeah. So while Calvin was in Cuba, I went to Toy Fair, and uh, which every year. Um, and boy, there were a ton of Marvel and superhero, you know, DC superhero based toys there. Um, a lot of them. Uh, there was a huge push for DC superhero girls. Um, Mattel had a big event. Like they had the most, you know, they had this lavish cocktail party for for, for their event. I'm like, that was, haven't seen that in a long time. So they were really same thing as DC in their, you know, eight hours. You <laughs> yeah, know, right. Romance. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Mattel, maybe, was, maybe if yes, we give them booze, yes, they will like us. Eight well. hours of foreplay. Mattel yeah. was definitely <laughs> trying to romance the the, the toy press, but uh, a lot of DC superhero girls, a lot of Wonder Woman. They have a Wonder Woman Barbie. Um, let's see, Legos were there. They have a lot of Star Wars, like you know, uh, Hasbro at there. Uh, you know, everybody was like, "Where's Ray?" Uh, Ray was in huge, uh, very prominent. Now we just have booth. to wait for it to come to the actual stores. Right, right. Well, I asked about that actually. I had the chance to talk to a Hasbro exec uh, whose name I didn't get, and I said, "You know what? What?" Well, you know what's up with Ray, and uh, he said that it had been shipped in significant numbers, and it was a 
fact that it does just you know the character had sold out very quickly um, I also talked to but when, when are the new toys getting right. here well they also you know they are, did not have enough product they acknowledge that so um, but there is a lot more there's a Trivial Pursuit game that has Ray right on the cover and she was the key art at the booth was for Ray um, so uh, I, I'm I'm I think there's a lot unsaid there, and uh, there is be very interesting. Uh, Hasbro is also showing off Black Panther toys from Civil War. Mm-hmm. Have, I think the figures look great. Uh-huh. They have like a yeah. mask. They have like a, a couple figures. Uh, Lego. Also the little ears. A, the little ears the, are cute. The little ears are cute, okay. and his mask has got kind of this Kirby kind of circuitry on it. Uh-huh. So I don't know if that's really a Panther, but um, I think uh, it's very uh, well. The little it, ears are enough to make it the Panther. There, it is. It is. Past, yeah. And it's got. The, but they had a playset. It's got little uh-huh. claw gloves, and and uh, so I. I well, they're really good. The character's looking good from the, the snatches that you see in yes, the trailers. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, they released a little bit more Wonder Woman. I mean, these toys, mm-hmm. again. You know, DC Superhero Girls. And uh, furthermore, not only is it getting uh, direct-to-video, which, fine, but it's going to actually be on television as a 44-minute oh, TV yes, yeah, special. Yeah. Well, they are doing... Like, this is a huge push. Uh, Boy, it, uh, is between, all, it is amazing. It is a huge push between DC uh, Entertainment, mm. Mattel, and Random House, yeah. uh, Random Penguin, and... It's about uh, four or five other companies in there five, making are, stuff too. Yeah, like they're going to do an exclusive launch at Target uh, mm. uh, in the summer, and the TV show will be on at that point, as, as Kate mentioned. Um, you know, one of the things about this is that um, I'm going to put them in my Netflix queue as quick as well, I can. Well, there you go. But um, I want to be at the top of that queue. The thing is that this is, you know, Mattel's in a lot of trouble right now, and they are. Uh, the Barbie co- toys have really yeah. slipped. Now, they yes. did not have in any of the things I saw. You know, they just relaunched these yes. these different shaped Barbies. They didn't have that at any of the events that I went to. Um, they had but, just but only... Right, the Barbies have the, really been Right, but Barbies market. have mm-hmm. been down the, 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 yeah. the scupper. And um, the rumor, hot rumor, Toy Fair, was that Mar- uh, Hasbro and Mattel were going to uh, merge. But most people in the know that I talked to said that the FTC probably wouldn't allow the two biggest toy companies to merge. But, you know, Mattel's in a lot of trouble. And they are putting a lot of faith in this DC Superheroes girl line. I mean, they're putting a lot of muscle behind it. And they really want to capture the, you know, the girl audience. We've talked about this before. I also went to a... Wait, I, yes. I have a theory. Yes. My theory is kind of out there, but I think it's an awesome theory. My theory is we can blame it all on Frozen. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, that's not even a theory. That's a fact. That's because one of the biggest licenses be- of all time. Because it made them realize that little girls don't just want to look pretty. They also want magical and or mutant powers. <laughs> and that superheroes are a great way to get that. And then thus the whole Ever After High thing and yes. Monster High. Well, Monster High is before Frozen. It was. But I mean, like it's it, yeah. they were like connecting the dots. They were like, the girls like the monster dolls. The girls mm. like the Frozen. Maybe they want non-boring dolls that have powers. Well, I talked to some of the folks at uh, Ruby's Costumes, where they have a full line of Star Wars um, at DC and uh, Marvel characters for young girls. And I, I talked to like 10 years ago, I went to Toy Fair and they had just put out, the first time I'd ever seen, they had a Supergirl costume that was for a little girl. Little, yeah. little tiny girl. And I said, oh, well, you know, what's up with that? He says, we just launched it. We don't know how it's going to do. You know, but we're going to try. We see little boys like superheroes, so we're going to try to see mm. if superheroes. Now, so now I ask him, what's going on? And he says, oh, it's huge. You know, uh-huh. like, like, they don't want to, he says, little girls up until maybe age, you know, four or five want to be princesses. But after that, like seven, eight, nine, up until about age 10, they're really into superheroes. 
And uh, like I said, well, what about Ray? How's that costume? He says, that is a home run. Great. It's yeah. huge. He said that Kylo Ren and Ray are the big costumes. Um, you know, the other ones, Finn and Phasma, weren't as popular. Mm-hmm. But um, he, he was just, and they had a whole wall. And yeah. he says, yeah. you know, Wonder Woman, he says, little girls love this. Yeah, yeah. Little yeah, girls yeah. love to dress as superheroes. So to me, that is like proof that yeah. this is not a short-lived phenomenon. So, you know, Mattel might just have uh, the, the right idea. Now, have you watched any of the superhero girl shorts, Kate? I have not seen the shorts. I had not realized they were released yet. I yeah, was, they're up. they're up just up on the website you just go to the website yeah. okay the, 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 I've, I've seen website. a couple of them as they come through yeah yeah, yeah but um, I know I abducted home a uh, advanced copy dear listeners you abducted of, <laughs> well it wasn't it wasn't I didn't like ask anybody you kidnapped the copy Good. I yes, kidnapped the copy it was sitting on a shelf it was a, okay, well, crying out for crying a home. out yes, for home and uh, and now it has one it has one and it's a wonder woman at superhero high uh and um we'll see we'll see um really i feel like will be the test of the quality of of the material will be how good is a tv special yeah Uh, now calvin yeah the reason why you're so out of it is because you were traveling in cuba i have an extra reason for being out of it than my usual reasons for being out of it what brought you to cuba calvin well this is uh what we're doing and i should say right off historic event i'm i'm humbled to be a part of it uh pw uh really has is certainly in this instance on the cutting edge um uh, Kevin Breyerman, our executive VP and publisher, along with um, a partnering firm, Combined Book Exhibit, um, run by uh, another, a terrific guy by the name of uh, John Malinowski. Um, they went to Cuba almost really on a, basically a leap of faith uh, and had a meeting with the Cuban Book Institute. It's a the state-run agency that oversees book publishing. And basically what they've done is brought a the first official um, group of American publishers to exhibit at the Havana Book Fair uh, for the first time in its 25-year history. Obviously, as we all know, there's a trade embargo between the U.S. and Cuba. Americans can't do business with Cuban uh, business, but they can go on cultural missions. Um, President Obama has opened up the avenue even further with his recent announcements. So um, uh, props to, to Kevin and to, um, to John. They really have established uh, a really impressive, enthusiastic, mutual, respectful collaboration with the Cuban um, Book Institute, and they signed a historic, because, I mean, this is the first time American business has has really, in in recent memory, I guess maybe pre-Fidel, reached an understanding, a signed understanding, to work collaboratively to bring the two industries closer together and to work forward to hopefully get um, American publishers publishing Cuban authors here and Cuban um, publishers publishing Americans. So, right. Calvin, were you there for the agreement signing, or were you there for the book expo? We were there for both. We were a part of really both events. We were there, I was there as a reporter to cover the cover both the Havana Book Fair and also to cover this agreement signing between um, PW, the Combined Book Exhibit as one entity, and the, and the, the uh, Cuban Book Institute. Um, uh, the Cuban, the Havana Book Fair was extraordinary. Uh, it's held in a 16th century fortress uh, that dates back to the beginning of Cuba. Wow. Uh, it looms over the city. Uh, it's really breathtaking. 
and the exhi- the the exhibiting publishers there's hundreds of publishers there uh authors uh from all over Latin America cuz I should remind while the US does has no relationships with Cuba the rest of the world does right. so there are exhibits from Russia and they don't even you know their their whole relationship with the Russians has changed but the Russians were still there European publishers all across Latin America uh they say over a million people uh, attended but <laughs> They also don't they, really count. They say. But uh, yeah. let me tell you, I was there, and I have never seen so many people in one space. And that includes San Diego and New York. Wow. So there are tens of thousands of, of Cubans streaming through there every day. Part of the reason is, of course, books are on, certain books, the government sort of opens up a window, and there is a wider variety of books from all over Latin America there and available to purchase uh, than you find the rest of the year mm-hmm. in Cuba. And, right. and the, the, um, the director, the president of the Book Institute said that. And also was very candid in the failings uh, and challenges facing the Cuban book publishing industry. I, I was sort of amazed. Um, the Cuban people, uh, 70% have had some uh, internet reading, have familiarity with it. Uh, 60% of all Cuban professionals are women. Uh, According to them, they make the same money as men working for the same job. And much like elsewhere in the world, and certainly here in America, Cuban women buy more books, well, many more books than men, and also dominate the book choices in the family. So uh, it was an inspirational visit for me. Uh, we got to travel around Havana. Um, uh, we, we got to, to hang out with Cubans. We went to see the new Havana, walk around old Havana, and Havana is changing dramatically. Now, as for comics in Cuba, I I hit a wall. Mm-hmm. Wow! Re- I really could. The only thing I knew Culture about Cuban comics? cartoonists is Antonio Projias, right? The creator of Spy vs. <laughs> Spy, spy right. who uh, left Cuba in the late right. 1950s. Right, he was a uh, yeah. Um, but really, um, uh, my most of my information about Cuban comics because nobody here had any information. Nobody on the U.S. side could tell me anything. Uh, once there, we had ten adorable university students, bilingual university students, who were acted as translators and, and were, were just hung around um, during a series of panels that PW organized down there. Uh, and I showed them a copy of Lucy Nisley's forthcoming graphic novel about her, her wedding. Mm-hmm. And they were very interested in it, but the girls immediately said, there's nothing like this in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, a young man who was working there did say that there was some, there were some comics for kids, um, and there are some licensed versions of Marvel stuff, but it was very hard to find. So th- I was really disappointed. I could not find even at the book fair any. No, I couldn't find. It. I looked over. Now I did see. There's a lot of children's pictures books. There were a, a huge numbers of kids books that were mobbed. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, families are there to get books for kids. Um, there was also a great a lot of people in the, the adult book section, but it, you could not. The, the publisher had had adult oriented trade books. They were swapped too, but not like the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was really there were all kinds of books, picture books for for young readers uh, to middle school. But I did find, or actually, yeah. I should Calvin, say, I wish we had a photo because Calvin is holding this comic. We can have a photo yeah, on the is. street. And this is by a Cuban publisher who was uh, at the fair, um, Casa Editora Abril. It's, and called it's called Rebellion. And it's got, like, Fidel Castro, yes, exactly. a young Fidel Castro with yes, superhero history here. of the Cuban Revolution. Yeah, yeah. Illustrations by Roberto Alfonso Cruz, written by Hector Quintero Treviso. Hey, Calvin. Yeah, yes. yeah. Picture time. We're, picture time. We're taking the picture live here okay. as we podcast. There you go. But, um... 
Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm sure there are. There's, there's a, a few. I actually know a few. Uh, yeah, there have been comics about Cuba. Yeah. I know a few Cuban cartoonists uh, here in New York, but um, yeah, I've never heard of any native. It's very hard. It's very, uh, you know, this will be as Cuba opens up. I feel confident that the graphic novel I think uh, so. expression, because this is traditionally how it happens. You yes, know, it's, yeah. it's, it's in Eastern Europe. The same thing happened after the fall of the Iron Curtain yeah. that they, their comics cultures kind of took off. And, uh, you know, this rebellion is a nice looking, you know. It's actually the well, printing. It's, it's, it's a little well flimsy, done. but yeah. the inside, it's a yeah. pretty lively and, story. And the here. illustration is, is, is well done yeah um i i suspect on the satirical side cartooning probably uh, ran up against um some uh, difficulties the government you know uh government restrictions um but i don't doubt for a moment that the uh the the cuban comics industry will make a big comeback yeah. when we can do that one of the this other things that the, happened while we were down there americans also started circulating um ideas we haven't Acted on this, but oh there's going to be more, more information ideas, coming. And the idea is to create a petition for the American publishing industry to challenge the trade embargo. Mm. Really, all of this stuff is was structured as a cultural mission because mm. that's allowed. Business dealings are not. But really, I think what we're trying to organize is a petition against the trade embargo. And then if, they, if we can't get the entire embargo lifted, a petition uh, to raise the embargo on cultural products. Mm-hmm. So more to come. So they're Mars Merkham, and in Cuba they might soon be able to read Deadpool. Yeah, um, yes, yeah. Bring them into the whole let Western them, world. Get Absolutely. them, get Deadpool. So my yeah. report from Cuba. Yes, and well. I really hope to get back again. It it will really be is one of the highlights of my professional how and was, personal how life. How was the, the the food? You know, the food <laughs> was both good and sometimes not so good. Uh-huh. Um, but I will say this: there are parts of Cuba that you know could be right in Williamsburg. Yeah. And we went to a great, as we were called it, hipster restaurant in Old Havana. And that's really what it was. Um, and then we also, along with a, a, a really great, the editor-in-chief of uh, People on the, in Espanol, mm-hmm. uh, the People magazine, the Spanish-language people, who took us to the hippest restaurant in uh, Havana, whose name I can't pronounce, please, and I don't want to mangle it, but it's an old petroleum factory with a massive chimney and a rooftop dining, and that place was fabulous. So I won't do any more, like, yeah. you know, uh, well, enough of my glamorous lifestyle. Um, but uh, Cuba is emerging uh, from its isolation from the U.S. And everybody, oh, girls like one di- one direction uh <laughs> they were really in the gossip girls as they told me because it's in new york mm-hmm. and um real madrid is a really popular soccer team yeah i'm sure i'm sure well, well the real madrid thing is probably true worldwide yeah i think mm-hmm. so too. hey listen you know uh, as long as they let suspiciously <laughs> yeah well, they didn't let uh, him yes, leave but he right. got yeah. away and he's yeah going and for i the got new there york just Mets. as um yes. a a brother team had uh two brothers who were highly touted cuban baseball players defected uh, oh. after the uh caribbean world series so oh dear well the cubano players and you should see MLB. my cuba world championship baseball hat that oh. they were had on sale so i had to get one when i went down there but um, cuba great. libra yes mm. so uh now well that's it you know calvin's backrooms travels for now and uh on to the briefs on to the briefs so, uh, speaking of revolutions, CBLDF is leaving New York City. It is moving to Portland. I uh, leave New York and all uh, hell breaks loose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I suppose some might say that the heart and soul of indie comics, now Portland kind of has competition with New York, you know. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, we'll see. Well, I mean, well, I remember when uh, it was originally uh, based in Northampton. Northampton, mm-hmm. uh, and I also remember when Charles uh, moved uh, originally moved the office to New York. I think to improve fundraising and mm-hmm. visibility. Yeah, I guess you could say he's done that over the course of the time they spent he's in spending New York. ten years. So now it's um, on to Portland. Yeah. Where I mean, I got to be honest, it's the center of the cartooning yeah, yeah. world yeah, in, really in, is, so. in North America, anyway. And uh, you know, it's a huge, huge. Yeah community there and uh yeah you know charles has already relocated himself yeah. i know the rest of the office will be moving in the next couple months and um yeah there you go well sayonara you yeah, know yeah. just like everyone else leaving new york just we're just stuck here probably some business about it being cheaper to live yeah, there <laughs> the, and I'm, cheaper to run an office and, cheaper to run, yeah. and probably cheaper to do everything yeah yeah for <laughs> now yeah. for now people need to get their priorities straight yeah all right so uh, the Nib, speaking of indie comics, The Nib, the sort of online opinion-political cartooning collective, sort of like a political cartooning page in digital form, organized by Matt Bors, uh, which we have an interview with him on this very subject, has now come back. Uh, basically, it got discontinued online from its previous publisher because they ran out of money and uh, Matt Boers arranged the thanks to the magic of Kickstarter uh, arranged the contents into a wonderful collectible book Really good collection too. Actually. Yeah, it's great. No, it's really, I mean, but it's I mean, really funny. I, yeah, I mean, the Nib was really just. I mean, it was a, basically a hub for nonfiction political cartoons. Yeah, yeah but I mean, editorial. it covered a lot yeah. editorial cartooning, and mm-hmm. you know, there is a wealth of uh, talent. Oh, I yeah. mean, we've interviewed quite a few of them yeah. here. I've also interviewed Jen Sorensen, who was a contributor, mm-hmm. and and you know. props to Matt Boers in yeah. a time where editorial cartooning is under siege and disappearing left and right. He's created an entity that that seems to you know you can't kill. Yeah, well, <laughs> well I, mean, they, I mean, it took a while, but they did kill it temporarily yeah. but it has risen from yes, the dead um, so first look media has uh, welcomed yes, the nib the with host. open arms mm-hmm. along with Matt Boris it's not going to be a zombie brand mm-hmm. and uh, the nib lives yeah yeah, yeah. so it'll be in uh, you know first look media they do the interceptor I mean it's it's another kind of uh, media lab sort of thing yeah. run by a rich guy who used yes. to run eBay and and so you know I mean this is I mean this is a much longer conversation about the media in general but um you know it seems like only really rich guys who got their money off of the dot coms the major dot coms of the you know can last take chances years well the landscape the just seems to con- consistently yeah. churn and realign itself as one of these entities goes out of business and other ones take its place right. so we'll, we'll see how it works out um yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, in Jughead number four in the reimagined Archie Comics universe, uh, Chip Zdarsky has officially declared Jughead asexual. To which most people went, well, we all knew that Jughead didn't like dating. (laughs) Um, And to the writer's credit, they admitted that Jughead was probably too much of a lunkhead to actually use the word asexual. Instead, another character... Mentions. Well, it was Archie who said, yeah. what do you care, Jughead? You're asexual. No, actually, <laughs> it was Kevin Keller. Was it Kevin Keller? Oh, it's interesting. You know, this is an instance where Archie's plot lines and its various reimaginings of the brand kind of actually bump up against each other. Because in the Archie Mary series, actually, Midge leaves Moose and hooks up with Jughead. 
So, you know, his asexuality is not so apparent in Well, that one. in that one. But that, on the other hand, is... I mean, that's, it, a, it, that's a, a more recent... And, and, and yeah, obviously... More recent and an alternate outlier universe. among plot lines about yeah. Jughead. Whereas, to be fair, uh, Jughead's plot lines are typically, I like hamburgers better than dating. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> uh, someone managed to con me into dating them for about five minutes, and I hated it. <laughs> well, the Jughead mm-hmm. yeah. no one Well, loved. you know, given what I hear from my friends who are on Tinder, I think Jughead might be the wisest course of all. Yes, well... <laughs> Definitely. Uh, well, on the one end of the spectrum, you got Deadpool, where yes, he's everybody's pansexual. a target. A I didn't target. even know pansexual was an actual thing. Yeah, but it there is. you go. <laughs> well, <laughs> isn't there something about a unicorn? But anyway, anyway. On the, and, and then there you got the other way, Jughead, who just wants none of yeah, it. Yeah, so well, that would <laughs> so, be yeah. the other to just team up: Deadpool, Harley Quinn, and Jughead. Yeah. Now, would Deadpool be attracted to? No, 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 stop! Underage, not appropriate. Stop now! Let's not go there. Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah, let's see. I'm looking to see if there's any more. Even breaking. Deadpool has standards. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I'm looking to see if there's any more breaking news. Any more breaking news no out more, of Comics Pro. Uh, no, no more breaking news. But uh, I'm sure next time when we reconvene, we'll have lots to say about it. So. Yes, yes, and yes, there yes. will we'll be more to come.